Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. All right, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts. This is KJ, and Jessica is also here. And mm-hmm. today we are talking to Megan Tamaro. And we are so excited to have her on the podcast. She does a lot of work with women surrounding postpartum health, mental health, and making transition into motherhood easier and balancing all the things that motherhood can bring and what that looks like if you want to stay at home or if you want to work. And we are so excited to pick her brain about this topic. So, Megan, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your mission and goal with the work you do? Of course. So, I am a a certified life coach, but I work specifically with moms. Um, And I work with them in two different capacities. So firstly, I work with the moms who have sort of lost themselves in motherhood and who are sort of need to be empowered to stop seeking permission and to start pursuing their goals. But then I also work with the um, population of mothers who are suffering from postpartum depression, don't know what's normal, don't know that they're allowed to seek help. And so I sort of encourage them to be able to do that and just you know, provide the information that what they're feeling, while it's not normal in the sense that you don't have to feel that way, it is very normal that a lot of women do feel this way. And so it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to talk about it. And I just provide that outlet for them and resources for them as well. What brought you like into this world? Like, did you have your own transition that was difficult or? I did not transition to motherhood well at all. So it was funny. So before I had kids, before I met my husband, my now husband, who we were together for like a thousand years before we finally got married and had kids, I never wanted children. So I knew that I was a selfish girl and I wanted to be able to do my own thing and uh, I never wanted them. And then after my husband, at the time my boyfriend and I had been together for I think like seven years, all of a sudden my biological clock, biological clock was like complete tips or whatever I was like oh this is like a real thing because all of a sudden I was 28 and yeah. I think like, I have to have kids right now it's so and fascinating like, well, how it really is a thing <laughs> and I decided we were either going to get married or we having kids and so he was like well let's get married because then we can delay kids for a while and maybe think about this so we got married and my daughter ended up being a honeymoon baby so that's how intense it was for me all Ooh, of a sudden that's a transition yeah okay that's what I felt well, we've been together for so long. We've lived together for the entire time we've been together. How different could this possibly be? Well, I was stupid because it actually is really different. Mm-hmm. And so immediately threw a child, a pregnancy, and then a child into that. So um, that was really difficult. And when my daughter was born, I was thrilled. I loved her. She was great. But nobody ever told me that postpartum anxiety was a thing. 
we hear so much about postpartum depression, but nobody talks about postpartum anxiety. And so with my daughter, I would watch her and um, my OCD was really bad after I had her. So um, you know how you brush your teeth before you go to bed and it's great. You, you do these, but every once in a while, like you just want to go to bed, right? You just screw the teeth, yeah, right? Especially when you just had a baby and <laughs> right. you don't I, get a lot of sleep. I You're like, not I'm not washing that. my face. I'm not brushing my teeth. I'm no, just going to sleep anytime. Yeah. But I was convinced that if I did not brush my teeth, she was going to die overnight. Like I felt as if my, I had that control. So mm-hmm. that was one part of it. I also was afraid to pick her up because I was convinced that if I picked her up, I was going to pop her head off. So very bizarre fears that I had. Um, and so I, wish I realized that Taylor that was-, was here because Taylor had similar experience. So really? she had really bad postpartum anxiety. I hope she doesn't mind if I tell this, but she probably doesn't. We'll ask her. Um, if it's in here, we asked her and she said yes. <laughs> but she had similar things where she would have like very vivid kind of images of something happening to her kids and she just like couldn't shake that feeling. No. And so that was luckily for me, I knew about postpartum anxiety because Taylor had been opened about it, but I have not really seen it widely. So I appreciate that you're sharing this yeah. because we well, really need to talk about it. it. Because it, it isn't talked about. And the more we talk about it, the more normalized it becomes and the mm-hmm. more comfortable we become seeking help for it. Yeah. So I okay. went to my doctor at my, I waited until my six week checkup to talk to them about it because I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't depressed. I wasn't sad. I was love. I was loved her. I loved being a mom. So I just thought I was bizarre or weird. And so at my six week postpartum checkup, she's like, Oh no, 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 no. That's, that's not normal. And so I got on medication, which, you know, has its own set of stigmas. And so I managed to kick that. And it was great. Well, I thought motherhood was so awesome that on my daughter's first birthday, we got pregnant with my son. Super awesome, right? Super smart. And so with my second pregnancy, it was smooth sailing. It was, I was not sick. It was great. Everything was awesome. And I thought that because I conquered postpartum anxiety with my birth, that I was going to have no postpartum issues whatsoever when I had my second. And that was ridiculous because then I got hit with the most severe postpartum depression. Um, And actually, I do think it was, I didn't learn this term until much later, but that it was actually postpartum PTSD because I had a pretty traumatic birth. Um, And so I was able to, he would cry and I would just shut off. It was like a light switch. I could just turn it off and not care. I was completely detached and resentful. And I, it took me about, I don't think I started coming out of that fog until he was about nine months old. And that's when I realized how bad it actually was. But because I wasn't experiencing the same anxiety I experienced the first time, I didn't realize that I was actually in trouble. And so I think the problem, I think the problem is when you've gone through something, your first pregnancy or your first postpartum experience, you assume it's going to be the same all along or each time going forward. And that really sets you up for failure because you don't really know what to experience, particularly if no one's ever spoken to you about it or expressed what they've gone through to kind of give you an idea of what can really be going on under the surface. And so once I came out of that fog with him and I got on medication again, different medication this time, um, I started kind of just posting on Facebook about it, how much I was struggling and what I was feeling. 
And all of a sudden people would, were crawling out of the woodwork and like, yes, this is, I felt this way too. Thank you so much for saying this. I had friends who would, I had a, one friend in particular who messaged me and said, I'm really depressed. I want to go on medication. My family doesn't think that I should. And so we had to have this whole big conversation about how, well, you know, you're an adult and you don't have to get their permission. And so that's sort of where this all started with the stop seeking permission mentality that I have and start doing what's right for you. And so we had to have this whole big conversation about that. And so she did and she went on medication and all of a sudden it was like, she was a happy mom and she loved motherhood and it was, everything was great. And so she told a friend who I didn't know. And all of a sudden I got a random message one day um, about asking about if what they were feeling was normal and could they just talk to me about it. And so that's how this all started was really just me posting on Facebook and my friends coming to tell me that they felt similarly. And then their friends also coming to me once they heard that I was being vocal about my experience. And so that's sort of where I realized the power in your own story Mm. and how important it is. And I do feel, and not everyone feels this way, but I do feel like if you have a story, you almost have an obligation to share it because there's so many people out there suffering who don't realize that they're not alone. So many people. And there's so much shame around having postpartum PTSD, anxiety, depression, because it's like, oh, I should be able to take care of this child and I should be able to take care of my house and, you know, whatever. And even if you have that great mentality of I'm going to take it slow and it's going to be easy, there's still is so for me, there's still so much shame, even though I knew not everything's going to be the same and it's going to be a transition. But it it was different than I thought because you can't be prepared for having a child. Even if, like me, I was very close with all of my nieces and my nephew. And so I thought, like, I get it. And I didn't. And then that shame came where I was like, well, I should be able to do this better. And, you know, and it does. It takes time. And talking to other people and realizing, like, oh, this is a normal, difficult transition period, and that's yeah. fine. And, yeah, if I need medication to help me handle it, that's great. If I need therapy, that's great. If I need a nanny to come in once a week or a house cleaner, that's great, you know. We really yeah. do need a lot more support during that time than I think we want to admit. And I think, too, there's a lot of pressure to be the perfect mom or what moms are supposed to be. Right. So when I had my first two children, I stayed home full time because that's what quote unquote good moms do. Right. They stay home and they're in it. And I hated every minute of it. So there was a lot of shame associated with that too, because what mom hates staying home with their children. Right. And so I was afraid to say that out loud. And then when I finally did say it, I almost did get shamed. So I was with a, I was in Connecticut at the time where my husband grew up. So I had no family there. And so the only people I knew were stay-at-home moms in this mom group I was a part of. And when I finally said I was going to go back to work, it was almost like a, oh, you can't afford to stay home. And I was like, I can want to be at work. I can want to do something for me and I can want to interact with adults. And so there was, there was this whole cyclone of just shame between not loving motherhood every minute because I was depressed and then not loving being home because I was just wired differently. And then dealing with women who did love staying home and not understanding what I was going through. So it was just a very difficult period. 
It's so hard. It's super funny because I feel like there is just shame no matter what, because I stay home, but I love it, which I feel a lot of shame because I did have a career for five years and I was good at it. And so then people are like, Hey, come back and do therapy. And I'm like, I really like being with Anna, you know? (laughs) And so it's so funny how no matter what you're going to get stuck with it where I'm like, Oh, I'm not using my skills right now, you know? And it's like, then I'm like, no, it's fine. I'm allowed to just stay home until I want to go back, you know? But it's so annoying that people make small comments just always. So I'm like, I can't win if I stay home. If I were to be working, I would get comments on that side. Like, you just can't win. (laughs) And it's so hard. And so I think that's why you need someone like, hey, Megan, let me talk to you about what someone said to me today so that you can help me wrap my, you know, wrap my head around it and realize that. Right. Maybe I don't need to be feeling shame right now, you know. Right. No. Live your best life, man. Taking yeah. care of those kids. Just live your best life. Do what's yeah. good for you. Because if you're happy, your kids are happy. Yes. Absolutely. So would you say with the women you work with that shame is one of the biggest things they talk to you about? Or are there other things, too, that you see kind of patterns with that they they bring up quite often? Um, so a lot of times I hear from women who have kind of completely forgotten what their passion is about. They've been in motherhood for so long that they don't even know what fills them up. And so they feel kind of empty and they feel guilty for feeling empty because their kids just fill them up. Their kids should be everything they need, but that's not true. You know, we are humans and we have our own needs and our own goals, and our own dreams, even if that's just going out to take a pottery class. And so but a lot of these women that I talk with, they're so in it that they don't they don't even have the time to figure out what it is that they want to do. So we have to talk a lot about scheduling that time. So, for example, if they've worked or they have a um, if they've ever if they've ever worked right or if they've ever been in some sort of service business, they would never cancel on a client. So they can't cancel on themselves because they are just as important. And so they need to start dedicating the time at first to figure out what it is that they want to do to fulfill themselves. So that's a lot of what I deal with. But then I also deal with a lot of women, believe it or not, who don't have the support from their spouses, um, which is just that is so mind-blowing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just, it just is so hard. And so we have to talk a lot about setting boundaries because um, spouses can sometimes be if they don't understand, they can sometimes be a little short and and not nice. They can just not be nice. And so, yeah. you know, we're kind of conditioned to just excuse that or make excuses for that. Or, oh, I just, you know, I'm going to give him a little bit of grace. He's going through a hard time right now at work or whatever. And that's fine. We can allow for grace. But we also have to set boundaries because. I am a human. There are things that I need and you have to respect that. And you have to, you don't have to understand it, but you do have to respect it. So we do talk about that quite a bit too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Actually, I had a call this morning um, on my way to my nine to five job. She called and she was just crying. And, you know, we had to talk a lot about boundary thing this morning in a quick 45 minute call, because this is something she is, it's recurrent and it's hard to, it's really hard for them women to overcome because mm-hmm. we're so used to giving in all of the time. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. we just have to keep talking about it over and over. 
Yeah. It's just so much easier to maintain the peace and not say anything, especially in a spousal relationship, if you haven't already set that, those boundaries. And we did an episode a long time ago on like, um, emotional labor and just like, so before I had my daughter, I was very clear about how we were splitting things and that we would be checking in regularly to make sure that it was going well, because there were definite times when I was like, well, I feel like I'm doing everything, even though you're here right now. And so, but it's because I'm, it's easier for me because I am home more. So like if I change a poopy diaper, it takes half as much time. So I'll just do it. But then I breeded resentment. And so then I had to set those boundaries and be like, yeah, but you're here. And so you can do it. And I have a great spouse and he responded really well to that and was like, okay, sure. Yeah, no problem. But it was setting a boundary and I had to, instead of just growing resentment and being like, I'm going to keep the peace and just, it's easier if I just do, you know, realizing it is harder to be like, Hey, do this, but it's way better for everyone in the long run. Right. And so in figuring out what's bothering you, it's so much better than just blowing up in their faces. So we work a lot on what it is that's actually bothering you. What are we going to say? Like, how are we going to communicate this? Because I used to be the type of person I would run in, I would build it all up, they'll all be in there, and all all this resentment would be building up. I'd run in, I'd scream it all at someone's face and run away. And that does nothing, right? It doesn't solve any problem. So. Yeah. Just hurts your relationships, really. Yep. What it does. You feel better yep. momentarily and then yes. <laughs> it doesn't last very long. Right? <laughs> Unfortunately. Exactly. Yep. I would imagine there's people that feel resentment towards their kids as well. I mean, mm-hmm. we've kind of talked about the the spousal relationship, but I don't have kids yet, so I can't relate to this, but having resentment of, you know, I'm not the person that I used to be, or I feel like I'm not living into who I truly am. And then that's hard because you can't, I mean... How do you work on that in a relationship with a child? Like a lot of that is just kind of on you to work through personally or seek out help from other adults. Um, I don't know. I just, this is me just spitballing because I don't know yet, but. It's funny that you say that because when my first child was born, my daughter, I distinctly remember sitting on our couch because I stayed home and mourning who I used to be and just thinking I was never, ever going to have the life that I had before. And what the hell did I do? Um, Which is again, such a weird thing to feel because it was, I loved her and she's awesome. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I was like, this this was a mistake. So it was just a weird, and I think that did play a lot into play in a lot. My, um, depression going forward with my son because then I felt like I compounded it Um, and that is something you just sort of have to work through on your own and I think that goes back to a lot of maintaining a a sense of self-identity when you have a a child and not just Mm -hmm. becoming mom so that you have something that's still yours and you're still you and you haven't given everything to them because once you give everything to them that's it you're then just a breeding ground for resentment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think being a therapist going into motherhood was really helpful because I hear these things and I think, oh, I was so lucky to be 
like kind of protected from that because I had the therapeutic experience to be like, I knew going into it that I should not let go of everything that made me, me. Right. And I knew that choosing not to work was the right decision for me at that time, but I wasn't doing it because I felt like I should or anything, you know? And, and luckily we are in a position where I could say, I'll go back to work when I want to, which was great. But I also knew that I needed to work on this podcast because I needed that outlet for me to still use my skills. And I knew that I needed a social life. So that was the thing that was really hard, but I were, have worked really hard on it, (laughs) which I laugh because any of my friends who are like my mom friends are like, yeah, she did work really hard. (laughs) Like she (laughs) has been desperate for us to be her friend, but it is like, I think you do have to have that going into it and realize it's a huge shift and it's this new part of you, but you can find out who you are as a mother and still be like, I'm Jessica and a mother, which is yeah. great. Yeah. I love that. Cause I remember having a huge argument with this guy at work who, cause I was like, I can't wait for my daughter to be born so that I can go to Disneyland with her <laughs> was my big thing. And I <laughs> did take her at three months old, but he was like, no, you're not going to want to travel once you have a baby. Like it's such a hassle and all this stuff. And I just kept arguing being like, no, I will make it work. I will make it work. I'll make it work. And then I had her and I went to Disneyland and it was a hassle, but I made it work. And I flew to Nashville by myself and it was a hassle, but I made it work, you know? And I think that that's what you have to do is just realign your life to this new place of, yeah, it's harder. It's different. I'm not going to let go of what makes me, me. I'm not going to be like, well, I have a baby, so it's too hard to get on a plane. So I'm going to let go of my desire to travel. You know, like, I think you still have to lean into the hardness if that's what makes you, you. Right. And so I really did try, I did lose myself in the beginning. I took out all of my piercings because moms don't have piercings, right? And I, you know, cover up all the tattoos and because moms look professional and nice and put together. And I felt like, one thing I said to Jeff all the time is I felt like a wilting flower because I just felt like a more faded version of myself every single day. And it was just an awful, miserable way to feel because I gave yeah. up everything. Yeah. And so that's one thing I tell me moms, I'm like, don't, so you know, piercings are back in. I feel like I'm living my yeah. life now um, and it's all good. But in the beginning, I didn't know I was allowed to do that. And that's again comes back to I didn't need permission to be me. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just allowed to be myself. That's so crazy to me how just society and culture dictates what a mom looks like. Even like mm-hmm. outside yeah. appearance. It's right. not just how we feel about being a mom and how we should always feel amazing about it, always, you know. Uh, but also we need to look the part. But yeah, I, I, and it does, once you feel more like yourself and you're doing things to yourself, you're just a completely different mom in the sense that you're a better mom because you're just happier. You're just happier. And if you're, you have to be able to show your children how to live authentically too. So what are you showing them if you are, you know, just trying to fit in to what everybody wants you to be, you know, and I want my kids to be themselves. That's all I ever wanted for them. And so be the weird kid, be the fun kid, do whatever you want. Get the, get the piercings. We can take them out later if you don't want, like whatever, but be you. 
I feel like this conversation is coming at a perfect time in my life. Like I'm just living for this, talking to you both about it, because I'm entering motherhood myself in two months. And I think what scares me is there's just so many unknowns. And I've never done well with that. Um, there's like the unknown first of like, what birth is like, you know what I mean? Like labor. And also and then, what am I having? Cause KJ does oh, not yes. know what she's having, that's true. which is also like a huge, un- cause I'm like, that's like the biggest unknown. You don't even know what gender is coming out of your body. That's but continue with your other. Unknowns. <laughs> um, yeah. So what's the gender, what labor will be like, um, and then life afterwards, what that's like. I mean, I think you can hear from people what it was like for them, but I think everyone is, everyone's experience is so different with this. And you don't know how you're going to react after birth. So it's like, I want to do everything I can to just kind of, I guess, cope ahead. Yeah. of the transition and the changes. And so you guys have kind of identified um, maybe like really just thinking about, okay, what makes me me and how can I maintain that after I give birth and I have a baby? Like what does that look like? And then are there other things that you feel like are just ways to cope ahead, I guess? So I would make sure you have a tribe right off the bat that you felt comfortable with um, reaching out to if you ever had a question, like, is this, is one boob bigger than the other normal? I don't know. <laughs> you know, things like that. Uh, because I was very isolated in the beginning when I had my daughter. Like I said, my family wasn't around. I didn't know anybody in Connecticut. And so that was really difficult. So just have people around that you're cool with coming to your house and you're just like a hot mess. Just be okay with that. And ex- be okay with accepting in the beginning, the help from people, because that was really difficult too. But you're going to need that as you kind of learn how to mom every day. Because it's just, it's how do you shower if you've got this person attached to you for 12 hours a day? How do, you, how do you make it all work? So accept the help when you can. But just, you know, foster as many relationships with other moms and other people in your season as you possibly can. Um, and then weed out the ones who are just like judgmental, judge duties, like get them out of there. You don't want them in your life, but just whoever fits you, just surround yourself with them in the, especially in the beginning when you're sort of learning what it's like and don't stop being you. <laughs> just go out do your thing <laughs> as much as possible. Those are my two big suggestions. I love that. I will do it. But it is, it's such a fun transition, but I think that as we talk about it more and just allow space for it to be what it's going to be for everyone. You know, like my transition was more difficult than I thought, but it was not as difficult as yours, you know? And so it's just funny how it's all going to be different and that's okay. And that's wonderful. And I think that we all need support no matter what, just because I enjoyed being a mom doesn't mean that it still was not very isolating for me. And so it's, good to just allow yourself that grace of what's going to happen is going to happen and to allow that with each birth, right? And just realize each child is its own 
experience. And so that's okay. And don't assume just because I had one child and it was fine, the next one is going to be fine. Or just because it was super hard with one doesn't mean it's going to be super hard with other. It could be a different kind of super hard or it could be super easy or, you know, I think we just need to have that patience to allow life to happen, but to be on the lookout and willing to reach out as soon as we see something is not feeling right with us, you know? Exactly. A hundred percent. hundred percent. No fear. So what yeah. would your uh, advice be for people who maybe are feeling isolated with dealing some of those mental health issues that can come after birth? Um, like whether it's anxiety, PTSD, depression, however it kind of looks. Uh, my first suggestion would be if you have, either go to your OBGYN or if you have a therapist that you feel comfortable reaching out to, reach out to them. First, if you realize that what you're feeling is not normal and you feel like you need help, find the medical help that you need. Um, secondly, start just talking to people about it. Anybody, any mom friend who will listen. And because I guarantee you, they have experienced something at least similar. And so once you start to talk about it, you'll realize you're not alone because um, that's, I think, where we get into trouble is when we, we hide it because of the shame. But we don't realize that by expressing it, we're going to be getting the feedback that we need from others, but also helping them. And so it's like a twofold thing when you talk to others. So I would start with your doctor. I would then reach out to friends. And then I would find just groups. There's so many support groups on Facebook, free groups. You don't need to. I mean, I'd love to have everybody in the world come to me and me help them. But you don't have to do that. Go to Facebook. Or go to Instagram and search these hashtags. You'll find so many people who are going through it too that you could reach out to for support and just to kind of find out if what you're feeling is. I hate to use the word normal. I hate the word normal, but feeling like it's. Um, I can't think of another word other than normal. So it's too late here on the East Coast. <laughs> I would say typical or atypical. Yeah, there we go. Is like what? So it's like, yeah, it's a typical experience yeah. or it's an atypical experience. Yeah. And really that can encompass a whole world of yeah. things. And really it comes down to, is it difficult for you? Because if you are experiencing depression, it's not going to be easy for you because that's just the antithesis of depression. But if you are struggling, but you're like, this is a good struggle, I'm like up against it, but I'm feeling strong, that's wonderful. But if you are feeling very weak and stuff, then it's time to reach out and find support and whatever. Yeah. yeah. And that works. I think that comes back to almost the obligation. If, if you've gone through it and you've come out on the other side you need to tell your story to people so that they know that they're not alone which is great that's what you're doing which is awesome Mm -hmm. right now i love it (laughs) well and even just you know hearing you guys talk about postpartum anxiety like i have i mean i work with teenagers so i'm not working with a lot of people who have postpartum anything right um but that is not something that i hear talked about often at all um i've for sure you know you hear a lot about postpartum depression um but not some of these other things and i think postpartum ptsd that's so interesting and i bet there's a lot of people that experience things like that and it's not talked about 
Like people yeah. just probably feel like we talked about a lot of shame with feeling some of those things or um, maybe feel like pressure of I need to have more kids. Like there's just a lot that goes into that. Yeah. We actually tried for our third because we got pregnant right away with my second when my first turned one, we were like, okay, well, we have to do this again. And we tried for like a month and I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I can't do it again. It will kill me. So we had to, but there was a lot of shame associated with that because we wanted three kids or we thought we wanted three kids. And so I thought I could do it or I shouldn't have to do it. But I knew, at that point I knew it was, it was not going to be healthy. So yeah, it is a thing. Yeah, and I admire, I like really do admire that so much is doing what's right for you and your family mm-hmm. and just letting go of expectations, even if they were expectations that you placed on yourself, you know, just yeah. letting go of that and being like, that's not what's right for me. It's right. It will all work out. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. You can shift your life. If you, like for me, if I stay home and then I decide that it is not fulfilling me, I'm allowed to go back to work with no shame attached to it. But if I'm working and I miss my child every day and I have the ability to stay home, I'm allowed to shift, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think that motherhood is just a series of shifting and learning and kind of like, I want to like snuggle into the couch, like really snuggling into that role. What is it for me? You know, kind of just getting comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's more discussion around this stuff now and I'm really excited to see where that can go because I think when you know there's just this whole idea now of like women supporting women and I'm just really eager to see what kind of world that can create for women now you know mothers supporting mothers and they're not being like just having groups of women together where everybody looks different and has different lifestyles and different ways they approach motherhood or work or whatever it may be. And there's not judgment there. And we don't feel like we have to apologize for the way that we are living our lives because it looks different than Susie or Jen, you know, just us all banding together with support because at some level we all kind of get it, you know, we get what the struggle can look like and that's unique and yeah i'm here for it it's gonna be great (laughs) yes us too revolution (laughs) so good it really is beautiful to watch though i love it yeah Yeah, there's just more conversation now about hard stuff that was very like taboo and we need to pretend like this isn't happening and especially surrounding mental health stuff with motherhood. Like that is something where it's like, Oh, you just have to grin and bear it and have all the cookies ready for the bake sale. And (laughs) that's not going to be me. Tell you what. Well, I mean, that could be me because I can make cookies, but I can't do anything beyond that. So like the home cooked dinner every night, that's not me. (laughs) Like, here's well, your microwave green beans. I oh, had a, my mom is a uh, lactation consultant, so they called her the milk fairy because she like like that was her life dream. And mm-hmm. I didn't breastfeed. And so talk about shame about doing yes. something different. 
Oh my God. That was a, that was a tough yeah. one. <laughs> oh, I believe it. I didn't breastfeed either. And, but my milk never came in. And so I could oh. say that every time, but what is so interesting is I'm like, I should just say I'm not breastfeeding period yeah. and see what happens because yeah. people would be like, Oh, you're not. And then I'd be like, well, my milk never came in. They'd be like, Oh, that's why. So you're not a bad <laughs> mom. You couldn't help it, you know, but I wanted to be like, I didn't breastfeed period. It's my choice. Like, yeah. what do you want to say to me? You know? Right. But yeah, people, you could tell they were like about to judge me and then they're like, Oh, okay. You couldn't help that. You're okay. broken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you have a yeah. good physical reason. So I guess you do love your child. Maybe <laughs> we'll see. There are just so many levels to this, like so many guilt. Yeah. So, so many things. I didn't realize it until now I'm on like the cusp of it myself, but so many things like, are you feeding, even in pregnancy, are you feeding your body correctly so that you're not hurting your fetus and are you doing everything by the book and are you getting everything ready and and then once you have the baby it's breastfeeding and all the things there's so many my goodness yeah yeah Yeah. it'll it'll never end i don't think i know yeah it doesn't (laughs) it just changes as the kid ages with what it is yep yep so i went into my kid's first grade class and told them I'm I will never send in paperwork on time and they just have to be okay with that I was like that's the mom that I am it's just never going to make it back on time <laughs> and you know what that's fine yeah. yeah I love that though I love when people just embrace those things about themselves and be like I'm gonna try but Let's just set the expectation now. And then sometimes I will exceed expectations occasionally, (laughs) but let's not expect that. Yeah. Well, Megan, it's so awesome talking to you. Is there anything else on your mind that you would like to share anything on your heart that you feel like um, you want women or men, if men chose to listen to this episode um, to hear from you? It's funny that you say men. So, men can go through it too. Like they are going through a transition as well, becoming a father. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they don't have the hormonal changes that we do, but it is difficult for them too. So I want, if any men are listening to this, it's normal if you're feeling kind of off, if you have, if you've just had a child and you feel like things are changing, that's normal that you feel like that. There's people you can reach out to as well. Um, But for moms, just, you know, it's okay to feel these feelings, but you don't have, you don't have to be stuck feeling them. And so find the support that you need in any capacity, whoever it is. And just, you, you owe it to yourself to feel better and to feel okay. And to feel good again, you don't have to suffer. So I just want them to know that. I just like that idea. And that's what we say in our depression and anxiety, you know, you don't have to live with those feelings. There is help. There is hope. And it's the same thing with transitioning to motherhood. If it is a very difficult thing, there are people who want to help and who can help. And there's so much out there, but just reach out. You have to reach out and that is hard, but it's worth it. Really. Yeah. So we hope in listening to this today, you've resonated with something said and feel like there is support out there. And Megan, 
is a resource. She can be there to support you. And so, Megan, where can people find you and find um, your services and also just you? I know you have a great Instagram. So where can people (laughs) find you on the Internet? Yep. So I hang out most of the time on Instagram at Ms. Megan Tamaro. And then my website is just megantamaro.com. And it has all sorts of information on there on how to reach me. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We will link yep. to all of that in our show awesome. notes so that you can, you can find her easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for letting us just pick your brain about these topics. It's so important. And I hope you know, people will continue to talk about these things, bring it to light and, and share with each other. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today. We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com, and if you search thoughtspod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Vrijic from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us.